Get ready to believe that you can have it all. Time for yourself, the kids, your marriage, and your business. My name is Amy Wine. I am a Jesus-loving, married mom, CEO, professional counselor, marriage therapist, high-performance business coach, and a believer in keeping it real. Real life, real relationships, real people. I teach you how to live a life that represents who you are authentically, not who you think you need to be. Each episode, I meet you right where you are with time-tested tools and strategies so that you can find who you are in all the hats you wear and live your life authentically on purpose. This is real life, raw, sometimes ugly, other times wonderful and fun. I can't promise you this work is easy, but I can tell you it is totally worth it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Our next guest is an entrepreneur with two brands, one in 2021, that is new. Her heart is to serve others and to find and thrive in their purpose. While the majority of her work is with teen and young adults, she's serving their parents too. She is a wife to Rob and mother of three grown children and two stepchildren. She's living her best life and enjoying the empty nest years in Cincinnati, Ohio. You are going to love and be inspired by all the things she is going to share. I now want to introduce you to Lisa Marker Robbins. Welcome to Couch Time with Amy Wine. I'm so excited that you're here, that you're going to bring your inspiration and your expertise because I wish I had known you a few years ago when I had high school kids. And I want to talk about that with you. I want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey a little bit. Um, I think everybody that's listening is going to be so inspired. So welcome to the couch. Well, thank you. I am so excited to be here, Amy. Let's just dive right in. Let's first tell people, what do you do exactly that helps those listening that have high school to college bound kids? Because it's so unique and I feel it's rare (laughs) to find a you. So tell us what that is. Uh, I love what I do. Um, I am a college major and career coach for 16 to 24, 25 year olds. But I look at that work that I'm doing is not only equipping the students to figure out who they are, deep, know themselves deeply, be able to research and know what careers are out there, but to also be able to pick their path but I'm not just serving the kids because as you just said, you're like, I wish we would have met a few years ago because I am serving the, the moms really 90% of the parents that, you know, come to us to be able to walk through this wonderful journey with their kids are the moms. So they're mamas of college bound teenagers, young adults who just want to see their kids like launch out into this world and be thriving and thrilled with what they're doing career wise and just be able to navigate that. So I call my course Launch Career Clarity. So because we're, we're all in this together, moms trying to launch our kids so that we have happy and thriving kids. Yeah, it is so important. And that age group is the age where I know personally I found I worried about them more than I 
ever did when they were oh. younger. And I thought I worried about them a lot then. <laughs> that is so <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, is anything going on up there? Like, this is not who I raised. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and, and I look at, I, I know people, I've got people on our team that they've got younger kids. And I'm like, well, those parts get easier, but there's a lot of parts that get harder. They do. And my kids are great. So I, I say that right. sort of just, but then again, I'm like watching them find their own way and allowing them to do it because honestly, they don't have a clue at this, yes. that age. Like they don't have a clue and they need somebody to guide and help them. That's why I was like, I've got to have her on here because I think so many people struggle with that. I didn't even know it was a thing I could look for. Right. Well, I started out as like in general, I was a teacher a long, okay. long time ago. Me too. Uh, I guess take this through the entrepreneurial journey. And now here we both are entrepreneurs. Yes. So, but teachers at heart, right? Because I still view what I do as being a teacher. So I was a, a classroom teacher. I got my master's degree in educational administration, thought I would be a principal, started my family and was like, oh yeah, that's like, no, I want to be home. So yeah. with my kiddos. And then I started my first company, test prep, tutoring, all of those good things. Uh-huh. Still own that, but okay. have a, a robust team over there that really, uh, they're so amazing that it allows me to pursue new things with my heart and new passions to serve in a different and better way and close gaps in how we're serving families. And um, so then that when I started that, then it turned into being a college counselor. But about 12 or 13 years ago, I'm like, man, there's a piece missing. Mm-hmm. And these kids are like, okay, you're helping me find the right college and you're helping me write the essays and do the applications and get in. And there's a lot of people serving in that space yes. that do a wonderful job. And I, and I enjoyed that work, but I just knew there was a gap and that gap was, what am I going to study? And we didn't want kids coming out with a degree that wouldn't translate into a job that fits their wiring. Yeah. So I started seeking a solution to what that would be. And so I think I took every assessment known to man back about 13 years ago. And in my journey of that, actually, that was a lot of fun, frankly, mm-hmm. um, I discovered the Berkman method. So, and that's where I got certified mm-hmm. in the Berkman method it, to help me understand that deep dive on wiring. And then I connected it with what I knew about careers and the journey of what these teenagers, you know, high school doesn't last forever, graduation's coming and helping them figure out how it all fit together. So, through doing that, I, I coached about 3,300 students one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And then I started running out of time on the calendar. And I thought, how do we serve more, serve better? Uh-huh. And that translated into our launch career clarity course. I love that. So is this your new brand you created in it 2021? Is, yes. Okay. So the brand itself uh-huh. is Flourish Coaching. Our website's okay. flourishcoachingco.com. Okay. Yeah. And then the course that I deliver through that brand is yeah. Launch Career Clarity. And then we just launched a podcast because I've been inspired by people like you that also aligns with the work that we're doing. 
I love that. And I love the podcasting. It was so foreign to me when I started. And the first episodes were so bad because they were mostly just <laughs> I'm like, I go back and listen now. I'm like, oh, you really kind of need to redo that. But I have a theory. And there's one sentence that I kept in mind the whole time. There's no perfection in podcasting. It's just do it. <laughs> you do. You just got to show up and do it. And you can have the best laid plans. And that conversation is going to take itself right where it wants to Absolutely. go. And I found that even like in my own head as I'm doing solo episodes, I think I start somewhere and then I'm like, oh, let me go over here. Or, oh, wait, I forgot about this part. Because if I get talking, I'm like, well, <laughs> energetic and stuff. It's crazy. I haven't done a solo episode yet. I mean, okay. Let's yeah, I find them hard. Like, we debuted this week while we're recording yours. So my yes. first two episodes are out this week. We're going to be weekly, but I am intimidated by those solos. Like you said, they're harder to me. That is way harder than yeah. curating an awesome conversation with someone like yourself. I agree. I don't know why I ever thought that was a great idea. <laughs> now I pretty much just do interviews. When I changed from marriage on fire to couch time, I'm like, I really just want to, what I really desire. And there's no way in reality to do it in this moment is to have a couch where it's recorded and we're like actually on the couch in person. That's uh, my whole goal. Someday, please dream. One day. Dreamy. I'm going to need more money to fly people out to where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to get there. I don't know. Okay. So I love that. Tell me this though. Do you see common denominators and worries in the moms? Oh, a hundred percent. And they resonate with me because even though it's really interesting, having been a college counselor and then transitioning Mm -hmm. and a college major and career coach, it's one thing when you've got your professional hat on, but like I have three kids and two stepkids. So my kids are 20, 20. Yes, I had twins and Um, 23. And so you and I are at that same stage. When you put the mom hat on yourself, even if you've done all the things professionally, it's so different. So I'm really glad I got to go through that transition. And now I, I have more of a heart than ever for the moms, right? Right. So we have like I have a private Facebook community just like you do. And this is a place where parents, mostly moms come in, but all parents are welcome. So when people come into the group, I ask that, you know, that magic wand question. Mm-hmm. What do you desire? What do you want? What problem do you want to solve? It is everything from and in their common buckets. How do I motivate my kid? And honestly, and you would know this better than me for sure in your role. I'm like, I don't know that your kid's unmotivated. Their motivation right now is around like, I'm overwhelmed. And so I'm frozen or I'm, I've got that fight or flight or fear. So it looks like frozen. It looks like unmotivated to you, but they just don't know how to get there. They don't know like the next step. And they're thinking about something pretty big, which is leaving your nest. Mm -hmm. So how do I motivate my kid? How do I help make sure that I'm not limiting their options so that they know what aligns with them? Because, I mean, if we're all honest, way back when we were going to college and heading off into that journey ourselves, it's changed greatly. Oh, yeah. And so that's overwhelming for a parent. Like 
I don't even understand this process anymore. And I understand it's more competitive and more um, expensive to go to college. And so while maybe back in the 80s or 90s, we could think about what campus do I love and what football team do I want to root for? Yeah. Those things make us take a more intentional approach, but I don't know how to do it. So both our kids and our parents are overwhelmed. Plus, I've always said there's not a pause button that we get to hit when this stage of life with our teenagers and young adults come. We still got to keep doing all the things. We still, as adults, have to still show up for work. We have to be a friend. We have to be a mom. We have to be spouse. Like, so we've got to find a way to fit it in. And what I found is when we've got a process, a step-by-step process, and we can just take little bite-sized chunks along the way, then that's when it comes together. I love that because- Going back a little bit, when you were talking about being overwhelmed with teenagers being overwhelmed, like we do see that here a lot at the counseling center and and yeah. therapy with them, and they're usually battling it out with the parent at that point because the yep. parents wanting them to make a decision, the parents wanting them to do an essay, the parents wanting them to like let's go look at this college and what do you think about this major, and they're starting to get them to talk about it. And then we see the kids shutting down. And then now we hear the same things. Like they're unmotivated. They don't have any interest. Like then the parent gets worried. Like, are they going to live on my couch the rest of their life? (laughs) Worry kicks in, right? Yes. And really what it is, I love that you said that it's they're overwhelmed, which Mm -hmm. as adults think about it can be paralyzed, flight or fight. Like, we're either going to fight you or flee from this conversation is pretty much what's going to happen. Or we're going to be stuck and they're scared. Like only one of my three kids could voice that they were scared. Uh, and another one, when asked later in retrospect said, oh my gosh, I was so scared. And I don't, didn't want to make a wrong decision. Yep. And all of mine have changed their major after a year. And I'm like, well, there went that extra year that we did in high school to get <laughs> right, right. Now they get credit in high school for college classes, which I was, I never pushed them. They just did it. And yeah. I thought, well, this will be good having three kids at college. They're all going to graduate early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jokes on me. And I still have one that's floundering. Like he doesn't even know at all. And we're in year two of college. So year three, really, if he takes his high school, I'm like, oh, dude, we got to figure this out. Well, and they don't know what they, they don't know what's out there. Like your kids obviously know what a therapist is. All of our kids know what a teacher is, a pediatrician, Mm -hmm. but there are so many careers out there that they have no idea what exists. So taking them through a process where they can kind of we're both narrowing the lens going Uh like what fits me and my wiring, but also broadening the lens to introduce them to things that they had no clue. And it's so fun watching the light bulb go off. Right. You know, what's so funny is at Christmas and my son, he's probably going to be cranky with me for talking about him. I I don't care. So (laughs) sorry. He can get over that. Um, (laughs) He always said it kind of blew our mind. Because he's talking about, he's his degree right now is business. He's in a business school and it's entrepreneurship, which 
leaves that door wide open. And I think he did that on purpose. And he said, I think I figured out what my plan B is if I can't figure out what I'm really going to (laughs) do. I was like, okay. And he said, I just want to own an ice cream shop. And I said, then go do it. He's like, really? I was like, yes, go do it. Ice cream shops, especially in a college town where there are not like dates, sororities, they have dates and they go to the cookie place. Why can't they go to the ice cream shop? That's right. Actually, where my college was, there wasn't. That's what was known. We went to the ice cream shop. Yeah. And I was like, then go do it. And he's like, oh, really? I thought that would just be a plan B. I'm like, that could be a thing. (laughs) It could be a thing. And Mr. Entrepreneur... Maybe yeah. you maybe you're starting a chain of ice cream shops in college yeah. towns and yeah. And he was and he he said, Well, I don't know how much money I can make that. I was like, uh, depending on what you do, probably quite a bit. <laughs> and how exactly. you manage it and learn. And he's like, Oh. And I was like, Yeah, I think you set your sights a little too low for that. <laughs> and he's like, Well, it, that's the other scary part for them, right? So yeah. there's the there's the scary part of like, I'm leaving the nest. I'm going to go to college and, and I don't even know how to navigate this process while keeping my grades up and my extracurriculars and fitting it all in. So where will I go to college and what will I study? And then part B of that is I'm stepping into this world of work. And what I find, and I wonder, it makes me curious about your son. Mm-hmm. Do these students that I talk to, many of them feel like they're making this lifelong commitment yeah. And it's not. I'm like, if you know yourself, yet first step, we're just planning the first step into the world of work because I've had like eight or nine micro pivots that I call them. And so you're doing this first step. And as long as that aligns with who you are and where you think you want to go right now, that journey is going to be beautiful and it'll come together. You're not in something that doesn't fit. It's mm-hmm. one thing if you just like, Pick something random. I think I've met a lot of kids, and this is one of the things 12, 13 years ago that got me started down this road was, oh, I'm good at math and science. I must be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And what I know statistically and data-wise is just because you love math and science does not a happy engineer make. Right. And we've met a lot of those people that are our age mm-hmm. in adulthood, right? So let's find out what does align, where the alignment is, start pursuing that, and then it will continue to come together. The reality is the average person stays in their job right now a little over four years. But if you look at that young adult population, Mm -hmm. the average length that they stay in a job is just over two years. Okay. That makes sense. So we're not looking like for a lifetime commitment. Right. And I think for like my personal kids, they've seen two sides of that. So my in-laws both own their own businesses in Ohio. One's a veterinarian. One was a dance teacher known to dance studio. And that's all they did their whole life. Right. My dad is an attorney. He was a teacher, but they've always known him as an attorney. Like he was only a teacher when I was a baby, I think. And that's all they've known him. Uh, My stepmom was a teacher. And so they were both in their jobs. Their dad was in the same job at the same company. He's a petroleum engineer for 35 years. Yep. And then they got mom who's like you, who's been like, well, I've done this and this and this and this and this. And I'm finally at 50, right where I'm supposed to be. Yes, exactly. 
I think they got mixed signals somewhere in there about what should be. Well, in the, in the, you know, the real sake, my husband also, he, he worked for his company for 32 years Mm -hmm. and now he's in a different company, slightly different position, but very adjacent. Right. Yeah. And so the message I want to get out is whether you find the thing that is forever and some people will, even some of these young adults will. Yeah. Or you've got the pivots like you have and I have. Yeah. It's all okay. It's yeah. all okay. Well, we change, we grow. And right. I know like your passion about understanding like people's personal wiring so they can find purpose and thrive at work, relationships, and in their own lives. So I am extremely passionate about that as well, as you know. Yeah. And I think we change, but we forget to allow ourselves to know that's okay. Yes. Right. That we beat ourselves up for maybe not being who we used to be or not being enough, or I should have done this better. I'd have been more successful. Uh, It should. Should. Yeah. (laughs) Not my favorite word. And you know what somebody told me the other day on a call, they said, I don't need to be happy because I'm just okay. So I don't feel like I should go seek all this happiness when I'm okay. Like I'm not happy, but I'm not sad. And I'm like, don't be okay with being in the middle of that because you're missing out on so many other things. And what it boiled down to was she did not feel successful in past careers, past choices she's made or even the ones she felt successful and she didn't like them. Therefore, she wasn't a success, right? Well, it's I, I say to even adults when I'm doing, you know, occasionally yeah. I do, I, I work with adults as well. And I'll say, you know, there's can do, but there should do, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have some talents and I think, think about this as us as adults, but then apply it to our kids. So we all have some talents that they could do that. I'm good at that, but it doesn't, fuel me, mm-hmm. doesn't light me up. So I shouldn't do it just because I'm good at it. And we try to fit ourselves into these boxes and that doesn't work. And that goes back to the, I love math and science. That doesn't mean that you need to be an engineer, which I'm sure your husband liked math and science and he should have been an engineer, but yeah. not everybody right. needs to, you know, and this pressure to, to fit every passion or like or interest we have into our career mm-hmm when there's a whole other life outside of our work life as well. Are you ready to ditch the stress and overwhelm of life and finally find true rest? God designed us for work and for rest, but it's so much easier to be killing it at the work thing, right? Even if you wear all the hats, do all the things and think it's impossible to get to a place of rest, your body needs it and your spirit craves it. So. How do we implement rest in this crazy modern world? Well, there are seven types of rest in your busy life that you need to know. God has asked you to rest. He rested on the seventh day as well. So go to godcreatedrest.com backslash plan. It's free and find out the seven types of God-given rest and ladies, Vacation and sleep are not one. The feedback from this seven type of rest 
information has been phenomenal. It has been transformative and life-changing. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. GodCreatedRest.com backslash plan. I want to, I'll speak about my younger daughter who will not care if I talk about her. <laughs> she's a freshman. Um, she too has a year going in. So she's actually a sophomore classified, but she told us in advance, she's having the real college experience. <laughs> So don't expect her to be in and out in three years. She yeah, won't. like I'm, I'm finding a way to stay for four. <laughs> like, right, right. It's kind of a joke because I guess I should explain the older sister graduated in three years, is in grad school, and she's in her year of grad school now. She just had one year because she had so many other classes that went towards grad school. So she's doing that right. one. So like she's graduated in May. So she's even get out of grad school in four. And my she's young fast tracking. Yeah. And now she's sitting there going, what did I do? I think my... Younger sister might have had an idea there. I should have probably because reality <laughs> hitting fast. Down. <laughs> yeah, she's like, um, reality's hitting fast, and I'm going off the payroll. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say is, when she went in, she they're so different. My younger one is a farmer at heart. I don't know how we've raised a farmer. Like my husband and I kind of both grew up on farms, but not enough to have worked a farm. Like right, right, just were there. My grandparents did, so I had influence of that. So she raised pigs. She did FFA all of high school and raised pigs, which we know nothing about. Right. <laughs> but she learned it. She did it. She loves it. So she knew her dream is to own a ranch of some sort in the middle of nowhere someday. And she went into college knowing she wanted to do something in agriculture. So she chose agribusness. Mm-hmm. And I thought that just doesn't feel like who she is, but I'm not going to say anything like just go and sit with it, take a few classes, figure out what it is. She came to us about halfway through her first semester and she's like, so I think I need to change because agribusiness is in the business school, not the agriculture school. And she would see people that were crossing over and just taking a couple business classes, but they were in the agricultural school. And she just was like, I'm in the wrong place. So we're like, yeah, you are. And she says, but what I really want to do is be an FFA teacher. And I said, then go do it. If that's what you love, that's what makes you happy. She goes, I've wanted to be one since I was a sophomore in high school. And I'm like, I get chills now talking about it, but you know what she said next? It broke my heart. She goes, but I can't make enough money to live doing that. Who says? Well, that's what I told her. <laughs> I was like, Who's that? you don't know what's going to happen. That's Maybe right. you'll get married and you'll have two incomes. Maybe you'll hit the lotto. I don't know. <laughs> she Maybe said, she'll have a, maybe she'll be that FFA teacher, but she'll have a side hustle that becomes really lucrative. Like, yes. you don't know, exactly. but you've got to find the alignment. And when the alignment comes, follow the alignment. Yes. And that's what I said. You cannot worry about that. She goes, well, maybe in the summer I could go be a realtor or something. I like to talk to people. I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> there's an idea. There's a nice supplemental income, right? Yeah. So she did change this semester and she's loving it. Oh, good. Yeah, she's loving it. So, well, you know, that's, and I know you talk about this in your work that you do. Uh, there's like your personal values, right? So when when we talk about know yourself, mm-hmm. it's first of all, we do, we run that Berkman assessment. We look at our hardwired personality. Frankly, some of the measurements, I've seen them and I know it's done this for me. It gives me permission to be who I am. Like, mm. oh, 
that's in there like really strong. And when I start to feel shame or should or something else around that, like, no, it's okay. That's who I was created. Like that's who God created me to be. Right. Absolutely. So that's like that first level of know yourself. The second one, then that I, we take students through, it's like your academic profile. I mean, I might think that it's really interesting to be a brain surgeon, but like, I'll be very frank. I'm not smart enough to be a brain surgeon, even (laughs) if uh, otherwise the job would be a perfect fit. So being realistic about my personal aptitude, Mm -hmm. but then our values, like going back to your daughter, Mm -hmm. some students value money. And I always say, be honest about that piece of it. If you have a, a high value around monetary things, then that's okay if that's your value. Right. But if it's not your value, don't chase the paycheck. Yeah. You know, so the, the alignment pieces, and I have this values exercise that we do on a Trello board. I like it because it's very interactive. The students get to drag and drop and they have their own personal Trello board that they keep. It's really fun to do. And, they, and because you can drag and drop, you're not committed to oh, keeping something in the, you know, high value, medium value or low value as you go yeah. through the exercise of like a hundred different values. And you get to define how they, how you define each of those for you. Mm-hmm. So through that process, if let's just say your daughter were doing it and she finds, oh, I don't really care that much. I mean, I want to be able to pay my bills, but that's not where my values lie. Then fine. If somebody else is being honest and they're like, I really want to make a ton of money, Mm -hmm. then put it in your high value and then see how that aligns with the job. So a high, somebody who highly values money or income or even job security for someone, like just Mm -hmm. what those are, you investigate the careers and then you find where the alignment is. Oh, I love that. And I'm a big proponent of knowing what you value. It makes an impact in everything. Your how you treat yourself, the things you do, how you define yourself, your relationships, everything. And I think people don't look at them enough. Like we look at them in business. Yep. But we don't ever look at them in personal. So I love that you add that in. It's where I have seen, like when I did my marriage courses and we just did values in my online course live this last week. Oh, yeah. 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 This week. But in my marriage courses, that is the number one exercise that couples said made a change where they saw it. It wasn't about them in any conflict anymore or lack of communication. It was just who they each were. And they got to talk about where they aligned or where they didn't and why, but to take it outside of them. So if somebody had a high value of money, but let's say their spouse did not, right, that causes friction in the marriage so or the relationship. So knowing that about each other and then asking, you know, what about that is important or why is it not important to you? And knowing that takes out the friction. Well, I think it's, you know, you, you were talking earlier, like at the beginning, we were talking about friction. Mm -hmm. You know, you see a lot with your teen counseling clients. It's like they're butting heads, you know, Mm -hmm. kids at that age often will hear it from anybody, but mom and dad, even if it's the same message Yeah, and that's okay. Right. They're trying to navigate how to become independent. Mm -hmm. So I've seen through my work with my families, because truly like I'm serving the student to figure out what they're going to step into next 
college major career wise, mm-hmm. what they want to launch into. But I'm also serving the parents. And so the parents in our course, the students, the active participant, but the parents actually, we do like a launch live each week. Mm-hmm. And we that's Q&A and mindset and a little bit of teaching. And the most successful families in the course are the ones who speak that they get the most out of it. The kid and the parent are there mm-hmm. and the parents kind of just listening. You know, I always say parents going into this assess, am I currently in the driver's seat, the passenger seat, the back seat or outside the car mm-hmm. with my kid? A lot of parents, because we get that own fear, like you said, oh gosh, are they going to be moving back in and sleeping on my couch yeah. the rest of their lives? Or with our fear, sometimes a, a not great reaction can be to move into the driver's seat. But we sh- we want to see a progression for the parent of driver's seat to passenger seat to back seat and don't be a backseat driver. Yeah. To outside the car, you know, rooting them on, see ya. But as we do this, when I see parents start to understand that personal wiring of their kid and the values of the student, I've seen it be transformative, just like you're saying, for yeah. a marriage. Oh, I bet. Because like, then I understand you outside myself. Yeah. And you know your child on another level. And that's not something we talk about. Like, we don't go up to somebody and say, oh, okay, hi, I'd like to be your friend. Can you just tell me what your values are? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be going, I don't know. <laughs> right. Why are you asking me that? We are not friends. That's right. <laughs> okay, weirdo. That's not how you start, right? <laughs> and you, you don't do it with your kids either. Like, it's not something we talk about, but it really needs to be something we talk about. Because Absolutely. And I, I think of that. I don't know why it just popped in my head, but I think about that like in dating and stuff. Like, if you just started with your values, you'd pretty much know right off the bat. We'd take some of that guesswork out. <laughs> well, talk about the narrowing and the brunt, right? So, like, I siphoning it. out. Look at us. We've got all kinds of industries we could go in. Just yes, like- we do. <laughs> We're gonna go apply this everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so. I have loved having this conversation with you. It is vital that people hear it. Do you have any last thoughts that you would want to share that we didn't talk about? We didn't cover it. Let me put you on the spot a little bit. Like what is something you think our audience kind of needs to know about this interaction that you do with parents and kids? I think one thing you know, people always say, what's the ideal time that you would love for people to start doing this work? Mm. People tend to show up when they hit a pain point first. And I know it's probably much that way in your counseling. Yeah. You know, people don't come in usually, most people don't come in proactively. Um, no. Which they would. Yeah. <laughs> so what I often see is that pain points can happen where fall of the senior year of high school, Kids are completing college applications and that box pops up for a college and says, to what major are you applying? Mm -hmm. Another box pops up that says, write us an essay on why you're chosen major and Mm -hmm. why you want to study it at our school. And I hear from a lot of families with first semester seniors or kids who are in college that are started to make too many changes or they have to finally make that change or they're going to be in forever. Those are some of the pain points. And so if your mom's listening would hear one thing, it is, 
it is wise to start doing this work earlier and curating those conversations, it will be less overwhelming. Yes. And while I do not want a freshman in high school thinking about anything other than getting into high school, navigating the academic rigor being a bit more, figuring out what they want to you know, do extracurricularly, just navigating that, that's a big first step. So let's yeah. just leave our freshman kiddos you know, there. Let's leave them. I, Yes. Don't overwhelm them. Like they already just did a big future transition. Let's not overwhelm them with the next one. Yeah. But by halfway through the sophomore year at the second semester, kids are to the point where they are halfway through the six semesters before they apply to college. Mm -hmm. So we've got three semesters of I know my grades, I've navigated high school, I'm figuring out how I fit in. We've got three more semesters to go until we start applying to college. So to me, in my utopian society that I know will never exist, (laughs) I would love to take every second semester sophomore or first semester junior through this process because I think it's hard to curate a college list of even where to visit if you don't know what you want to study or you ha- at least don't have it reduced to a menu of three or four possibilities. It's just it's hard to navigate making major future decisions without taking time to be intentional and reflect and educate yourself. So my advice would be it will take the pressure off the parents, some of the worry out of it for you and your child if you do so proactively with Mm -hmm. intention and i love that just from that mom and i know my kids at that exact time going into the end of sophomore year started to freak out about junior year now my kids were in a very large five thousand kid high school where it was highly competitive. So their high school is kind of like when we went to colleges in other states, they knew their high school and they're like, oh, that's like the private school of public schools. Like getting in the top 10%. And in Texas, if you're in the top 10%, you have automatic admission into Texas schools. Now, not one of my kids went to school in Texas. (laughs) They're all in them. (laughs) But getting in that top 10%, was so competitive at their high school. I'm like, just don't worry about it. You're going to get in somewhere. It's going to be fine. But other states came in and recruited at these this high school because, and they, one of the recruiters said, if we, they're in the top 25%, we know they have done a lot of work like at yep. this particular school. And I know one of my kids wanted to change and go down the street. And she's like, um, I could take my grades down the street and be in the top 5%. So you know, it's not a mess system. That's not where I meant to right. go with that. But what I wanted to say was that time frame you just mentioned is exactly where they start looking because that junior year I know where my kids school, that's the testing mm-hmm. year. That's the stress year. That's where they're talking about it all the time. And they know it's coming. So it's if the biggest I year. would have put them in between that sophomore into sophomore junior year, it would have made a world of difference. So take that away, mamas. Yeah. All right. Tell us where they can find you. What is your website and all your information? So the website is flourishcoachingco.com, flourishcoachingcompany.com. And on there, we've got a page dedicated to the course. 
-hmm. We've got a page dedicated to the podcast. The podcast is Conversations. They're going to curate resources and information and conversation cues for families to be having at home so they can take intentional time around this. My private Facebook community is Launch College and Career Clarity. Mm -hmm. Podcast is College and Career Clarity. So we just want to create clarity for families. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and spending your time with us. Um, oh, I thanks really for having me. It. It's great to have you. Okay, that wraps up today's episode of Couch Time with Amy Wine. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're interested in continuing conversations just like these, visit my website at amywine.com. There you will find additional resources for high-achieving, Jesus-loving, married moms just like you and the different ways that we can work together. Thanks for tuning in. See you here next week. Are you feeling like your marriage is more about going through the routine than the romance? Just the day-to-day -day drudgery of all the things and the chaos that surround you that you have to do? You're not alone. Hi, I'm Amy Wine, your marriage and family therapist and founder of Thrive Life TV. And we get it. Impact-driven achievers like you deserve a marriage that is just as successful as your business and your career. Your marriage is about more than just staying together. It's about growing together, laughing together, and reigniting the spark that makes you partners in every sense of the word. That is where Thrive Life TV steps in. Join me for exclusive sessions. We're gonna tackle real life marriage challenges. From reigniting passion to deepening your emotional connection, we're talking real change, real results. It is time to transform your marriage into a thriving partnership that you both deserve. On Thrive Life TV, you're gonna find practical strategies, shared experiences, and that extra push you need. Are you ready to up-level your marriage? Visit thrivelifetv.com and let's bring the joy and love and yes, the fun back in your marriage. I'll see you inside.